Well, good morning. We're all waking and good today. Um, welcome to Christ Community Church. My name is Zach. I have the pleasure of, of pastoring this church along with Pastor Sue. Um, for those of you who, who may be new here, that's who we are, <laughs> Pastor Zach and Pastor Sue. Um, and I'd love to get the opportunity to, to meet you after the service or talk to you, especially if we haven't talked yet or haven't talked in a long time. Love to get to do that afterwards. Uh, this morning, we're going to be continuing a series that, that we've been calling Habits That Help. And, and, and what we've been doing is looking at and practicing certain habits from Scripture that help our spirit. And, and this, is, this is not a new concept. We all know this. If you want to be physically healthy, you, want, you have to incorporate uh, in certain habits like being active and, and eating healthy into your life. If you want to be mentally healthy, you have to, you have to incorporate other habits like uh, good relationships and, and going outside that can help with that. The same thing applies to our spirit. If we want to live in a, a, if we want to have healthy spiritual lives, there are certain practices that we can incorporate into our lives through making them habits that help our spirit. You may have heard of these as uh, spiritual disciplines, not because they're a form of punishment, but but because it takes discipline to practice them. It takes discipline to create a habit of, of scripture reading or of, of prayer or silence or or service or community. And today we're probably going to talk about maybe the most difficult discipline to make a habit. Especially in our culture. It's this thing we call Sabbath. Idea of intentionally taking time to rest. Which in theory sounds great, and I'm sure we all want that, right? But I have a, a tendency to think that it's very rarely reflected in our lives especially in, in this culture. It takes discipline. It takes intentionality. And sometimes it's just really hard to do. But as we're going through this series, we've been particularly looking at, at a verse in First Timothy where, where Paul is writing to his, his friend and co-pastor, Timothy, and he encourages him to, quote, train yourself to be godly. Or in the New King James Version, it says, exercise yourself toward godliness. Paul's encouragement to Timothy and through Timothy to us is to, to train yourself to be Christ-like. So, so while the typical person uh, going to the gym will, will never look like peak Arnold Schwarzenegger, but through training, they, they can become more like him. In the same way, we will never look like Christ, at least on this side of glory, but, but through practicing these habits, through training ourselves, We've become more like him. And that's the goal. It's the idea of, of trying to form these habits in our lives. But before we go any further, I think we need to, to pause for a moment and talk about something. See, I think we need to be careful when talking about these, these habits. I don't want you to get the, the wrong idea. These habits or, or disciplines are incredibly important. It's important to exercise yourself toward godliness. It's important to strive to be more Christ-like, but I want to make sure we don't lose the big picture along the way. See, I think uh, focusing on things that we do for six weeks 
can pull our focus away from the gospel a little bit. And, and while the way we live is, is important, it's, it's not a means to salvation. Being a, a Jesus follower isn't about what we do. It's about what, what Christ has done for us. And thank God for that. You see, I, I have this sin problem. And I couldn't live in a way to earn my salvation if I tried. God created me to be good and, and in his image, and, and yet I'm constantly falling short of, of his expectations. I'm falling short of my own expectations through the way I value God and, and the way I love my neighbors. I mean, I, I, I like to think I'm a good person. I, I think I am. But I'm constantly sinning against God and, and my fellow humans through, through the things I, I think and I say and, and that I do. And because God is righteous and just, he can't just let my sin go. And the natural punishment for sin is death, which, which I get seems harsh. Like I said, I, I think I'm a pretty good person. I, I do most of the things I'm supposed to do. I, I read my Bible. I pray. I'm, I'm usually generous with my money. I, I uh, keep a Sabbath. I go to church most Sundays. And, and sure, I gossip every once in a while with my friends. And, and I don't really follow the speed limit too often. But, I mean, I've never murdered anyone. I don't commit adultery. I don't steal. I'm, I'm a good guy, and, and death seems a little harsh, at least at first glance. When I think about it more, it starts to make sense. If God is the source of life, and, and my sin is, is a barrier to his embrace, the only result that can come from cutting me off from the source of life is death. And, and there's nothing that, that I can do to get rid of that barrier to reconnect myself with God. No amount of praying or, or Bible study or Sabbath keeping or good habits reconnect me to God. I actually increase my guilt every single day. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. God is not just righteous and just. He, he's also loving and merciful. He isn't content with, with me being separated from him, so he sent his son to be my substitute and take on the punishment that I deserved. And Jesus, by the way, was the perfect substitute because he was fully human and truly righteous, and, and only a human can die for another human. The, the person who does the crime must do the time. Only human nature could pay for human nature. But he was, only, he was also fully God which meant that he could take the place for all of us. Which is important because I'm guessing that, that you all have a very similar story to me. That gospel story. And what happened is God took our sin, placed it on Christ, and punished him in our place. Jesus died on a cross, completely paying the price that sin demanded. But, but Jesus didn't stay dead. He rose again three days later, Proving that our two enemies, sin and death, have been completely conquered and completely destroyed. That's the gospel story. That's my story. That, that's your story. That's the story of, of our faith. That's what's key. We have been saved through the work of Jesus Christ. And now, the Holy Spirit is at work in each and every one of us enabling us to respond to the salvation that Christ offers us. 
to respond to the saving work that Christ has done on our behalf. And incorporating these spiritual habits into our lives is a way of responding to the salvation that Jesus offers. They're not what save us. You could be the most generous person in the world, but if your faith and hope isn't in Christ, then, then you've missed the point. You could strictly keep a Sabbath, but if you don't trust in the gospel and that God has already done the work needed for your salvation, then you've missed the point. And we tend to get really legalistic when, when it comes to spiritual disciplines. And if we're not careful, we, we begin to treat them like a means to the end instead of what they really are. Practices modeled by Christ to help us live spiritually healthy lives and grow in his likeness. They're, they're habits to train us in godliness. And when these habits are, are practiced, they should help us dig deeper, take us deeper into the gospel of Jesus and, and all of its glories. When the pursuit of spirituality becomes distanced from the gospel, we take a dangerous turn. And I say that because I think that the habit of, of Sabbath is a helpful habit whether you believe in Jesus or not. I, I mean, I think all of these habits are helpful in, in all of life, but, but if you're looking to grow in your spirituality apart from God, then scripture reading maybe isn't the best habit for that. But Sabbath keeping, the, the idea of taking a rest from busyness is good for whoever may be practicing it. But we have to keep in mind we have to keep it within the concept of the gospel. Not that we're trying to better our lives or our spirit for the sake of, of just feeling better, but we're doing it in response to Christ's work so that we can grow in his likeness with an added benefit that the quality of our lives has a real chance of increasing. So in order to talk about Sabbath keeping today, uh, we'll be looking at, at the very beginning of our Bibles in the creation story, we're going to be reading from Genesis 2. Um, I, I forgot to look up the page, but if you just open your Bible to the very beginning and flip the page, like probably one page, you'll be right there. Uh, this comes at the end of the creation story, a story that I'm sure many of us are, are familiar with. Uh, God is, is in the midst of creation. He starts with the heavens and the earth, and then he creates light, then water and land, then sky and plants and, and birds and fish, and then land animals, and, and then finally he creates humans. And, and at the end of each day of creation, God looks out at all, of, all that he has done, the, the amazing work that he has done, and, and he says, this is, this is good. And then at the end, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. There was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. And this is where we pick up in Genesis 2. Thus the heavens and the earth were complete, completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. This is the word of the Lord for us this morning. Thanks be to God. On the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. God rests. 
I think I can make a convincing argument that this habit we're talking about today is the most difficult of the six habits that, that we're going to end up talking about. Maybe even the most difficult discipline in all of Scripture. I mean, at least it is for me. It's hard. Our culture is so productivity-driven that the idea of intentionally taking a, a moment, a, a time, let alone a, a whole day, to rest, it seems insane. I mean, we celebrate athletes for their ability to be the last ones in the gym. We praise the employees who, who spend all day working and then stick around for a few more hours afterwards to get that last project done. Like I said, I struggle with this. Sue knows it. She has this really annoying habit um, on, on Fridays. Fridays are the days that I take for rest. So Thursdays before I go home, Sue likes to ask me this question. Hey, what are you doing for your Sabbath? And I know what she's doing. It, it's like if, if my friend was dieting and I asked them every day before they go home for dinner, hey, what are you cooking for dinner? You're not going to McDonald's again, Right. But it's also really necessary. And, and I'm so grateful that she's consistently asking me that. Because I'm, I'm bad at resting. For example, she asked me this question Thursday. Before I headed home from the office, and, and this was my answer. I said, well, I didn't get much of my sermon written, so I'll probably spend a few hours writing so that my Saturday isn't so filled with sermon writing. Just so y'all are clear, my plan on Thursday for my Sabbath was to break my Sabbath so that I could write a sermon about how important it is to keep the Sabbath. I, I didn't. I, I restrained because I saw the hypocrisy in that. But it's so easy to ignore it. It's so easy to convince ourselves that that's, the Sabbath doesn't matter or that productivity takes precedence. So today, I just want to spend some time talking about, about three things. Talk about what the, if you take notes, this is, this is a good three headings to put down. We'll talk about what the Sabbath isn't. We'll talk about what it is. And then we'll talk about why it matters. So let's get right into it. The, at first, the first thing, the Sabbath is not Sunday. Now, for many of you, it, it very well might be Sunday. But I know for, for some of us, especially those of you who, who may be watching online now or a few days later, it, it's hard to make Sunday your Sabbath. I mean, for me, I just said, I, I Sabbath on Fridays. Sunday mornings, I'm, what I'm doing here, at, while it's worshipful and, and I enjoy being here, this is work for me. It, this isn't Sabbath. I, I go home exhausted. This is not restful. I love doing it, but it is exhausting. And so I use Fridays as my Sabbath. If Sunday doesn't work for you for some reason or the other, find another day. It's okay. I encourage you to be consistent about it if possible. I also know that there are some people here that, that need to work multiple jobs in order to get by or provide for their family. And, and taking a day off, you just can't do it in the life situation you're in right now. And I get it. It's hard. But I still encourage you to take time, whether, whether it's a full day or not, a few hours to, to 
calm down, slow down, rest, and direct your thoughts and actions towards God. Second, the Sabbath is not a day to do nothing. It can be if, if that's what helps you uh, direct yourself towards God. But, but my point here is that the Sabbath looks different for all of us. I know some people that like to go on long runs on their Sabbath. That's not my way of Sabbathing. I, I tried it once in high school and I was miserable the whole time. Um, back in West Michigan where I'm from, uh, there seems to be more churches than there are people. In the road I grew up on, I, I heard once that it had the most churches on one road in, in all of America. And, and my childhood church was one of those churches. One, one pastor that I had known for a while and had been in that area for, for years, he was close to retirement, he said in the beginning of his ministry, on a Sunday, one of his church members caught him mowing the lawn. He ended up having to have meetings with his council about why he would be working on a Sabbath day, let alone that he just finished a full day of work in the Sunday morning and was going back to work later that night to preach again. My point is that the Sabbath, Sabbath doesn't come with a, a list of, of what you can and can't do. For some people, mowing their lawn is the perfect task for a Sabbath. For others, it isn't, and that's okay. I don't have a list of rules for you all and how to uh, follow the Sabbath, but, but I can share some guidelines. And the first is that the Sabbath is an invitation to rest. Not just in, in the sense of taking a nap instead of working, but in a way that we can surrender our, our busyness, our anxieties, our, our pressures. A day we can step back and, and release our burdens, set aside our worries. Our, our responsibilities will be waiting for us. But Sabbath is an opportunity to pause and trust in God and, and find true rest. Second, Sabbath is the time to delight in God. It allows us to find joy in God himself, in his gifts, his blessings, the experiences he provides. It gives us a chance to, to delight in his presence, both, both his presence in, in creation and his presence in our lives. And lastly, Sabbath is a time for contemplation. Sabbath calls us to contemplate God. Throughout the day, we're encouraged to, to engage in, in thoughtful reflection, whether it's through worshiping with the church body or conversations around the dinner table or personal prayer and reflection. Sabbath is, is a dedicated time to intentionally focus on God. It's a time to remind ourselves that, that life does not revolve around us. It doesn't stop when we stop. It revolves around God, who is at the center of all things. Friends, Sabbathing is important. God thinks it's important. In fact, in both accounts, in the Ten Commandments, God takes the most time explaining why and how the Sabbath is important. He uses, in both accounts, over 100 words, uh, 230 words combined. For the you shall not murder commandment, he uses four. 
doesn't mean it's better to, to murder than to break the Sabbath. Uh, but it shows how important rest is. How much God desires it for us. You see, God didn't just create this commandment so, so that you would have a, another rule that you have to follow. The Gospel of Mark quotes Jesus saying, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Sabbath isn't a rule that we have to follow. It's, it's a gift from God, our Father, who loves us deeply. It's, it's a practice that we get to observe. The Sabbath is intended to help people, not to burden them. It's a habit we get to instill in our lives for, for the flourishing of our bodies, our minds, and most importantly, for our souls. Friends, Jesus invites us to rest. He invites us to trust in him, knowing that his work is sufficient for you. Knowing that we can cast our cares, our anxieties, and our burdens on him because in him we have all that we need. Jesus invites us to stop worshiping at the altar of productivity and turn to him. Take the opportunity to pause, rest, and delight in him and to contemplate and focus on him alone. A few years ago, I was told about this documentary about a pastor who, who leaves his, his hectic Western world behind him and, and goes to pastor a church in Scotland where it says it, it moves at God's speed, which is slowly. The documentary is, is about the way his, his world slowed down and how his perspective changed when given the opportunity to slow down. And, and he opens it with these words. I've been running for most of my life running through life to, to get somewhere else, always another thing at the end of the first thing. But the thing about running is you miss things, many things. And if I kept running, I was going to miss everything. Sabbath invites us to stop running. It slows us down to prevent us from missing everything. It helps us to reflect on who God is and how God is at work in our lives, and it enables us to delight in him even more. And in doing so, we become more shaped into the image of Christ. Augustine, uh, one of the early church fathers, is famously quoted to say, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. This isn't a habit that we're going to practice together. Um, it's hard to do that with a large group of people in 10 minutes. But as you go home throughout this week, I want to invite you just to reflect on this throughout the week. Consider where in your life you can begin to intentionally take time to rest in God. Where and how you can rest in him, delight in him, and engage with him. Let's pray. You have made us for yourself, O oh Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. Lord, as we, we go about our days, go about our lives, help us to, to slow down. That cause us to slow down, to, to seek you, to celebrate you, to, to reflect on you and, and how you are at work in our lives. God, help us to trust in you, to, 
to leave our cares and our worries behind at least for one day, knowing that, that you are the one who is in control. We, we are not. So help us cast these things into your hands. In your name we pray. Amen.